This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, September 17th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Congress notified on pending Japan deal. Democrats spare farmers trade aid and China on a soybean buying spree. President Trump moving on the Japanese trade pact. President has formally notified Congress that he is initiating a trade agreement with the Japanese in the coming weeks. Trump is taking the action under the trade promotion authority that Congress provided in 2015. The notification doesn't provide any details of the agreement itself, but the pact is expected to lower tariffs for beef, pork, dairy, wheat, and other U.S. commodities. House Democratic leaders are backing away from a fight with the White House over USDA's authority to continue making trade assistance payments. Democrats had been considering denying a White House request to replenish the USDA account that the department is using to make payments to farmers under the market facilitation program. A senior Democratic aide tells AgriPulse that the request is now likely to be included in a continuing resolution. But the aide says that Democratic leaders were, quote, negotiating language to ensure accountability and transparency for USDA's use of the Commodity Credit Corporation account. The turnabout came after the leadership received appeals from several rural Democrats. House Agriculture Chairman Colin Peterson and Jim Costa, who chairs the Livestock and Foreign Agriculture Subcommittee, said, we cannot and will not allow our farmers to be used as political pawns. They spoke in a joint statement yesterday. By the way, Steve Peterson, Associate Administrator for the USDA's Farm Service Agency, says FSA has been keeping Congress updated on the CCC account. Obviously, we provide technical assistance to the folks on the Hill when they ask for it. There have been preliminary estimates about what we believe the payout is going to be after October 1st. More disaster aid details on the way. Peterson tells AgriPulse that FSA will release more details over the next couple of weeks about how farmers can claim payments topping off their prevent plant insurance benefits. The agency announced last week that growers could get payments worth an extra 15% on their prevent plant coverage, 10% if they don't have the harvest price option. But the agency has yet to say exactly how the application process will work and how the payments will be handled. China continues soybean buying spree. Chinese importers have made deals to purchase 256,000 metric tons of U.S. soybeans for the 1920 marketing year. That according to a daily export sale announcement from the USDA yesterday. It follows a Friday announcement for a sale of 204,000 metric tons. Many more similar announcements are expected in the days and weeks to come. There was no official announcement out of Beijing, but John Bays, a consultant to the U.S. Soy Export Council, tells AgriPulse that China has permitted five importers there to purchase three to five million metric tons of soybeans from the U.S. while only paying a three percent tariff. That allows those importers to avoid the 30 percent punitive tariff levied by China as a part of the ongoing U.S. trade war. China opened to ag in the second round of tariff exemptions. China will be accepting exemption applications for putative tariffs on imports of U.S. goods until October 18, 2019. Many U.S. ag commodities could again make the list, according to USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. China's finance ministry announced the first list of 16 exempt U.S. goods on Wednesday last week, including whey and alfalfa. 
The commodities being considered for the second round include soybean oil, olive oil, ice cream, frozen strawberries, apple juice, beef, rolled oats, wheat gluten, and frozen potatoes. Oil state senators gear up to fight SRE fix. Industry sources are telling AgriPulse that all state senators will likely go to the White House this week to argue against reallocating the ethanol usage requirements from which small refineries are being exempted. A group of eight senators last week sent a letter to President Trump asking him to oppose a biofuel industry's request for restoring the lost gallons. According to media reports, White House plan would reallocate the gallons based on a three-year rolling average of exemptions. Pro-biofuel senators met with the administration last Thursday on the issue. The oil and biofuel lobbies have been fighting back and forth the last few weeks as neither side can agree on how SREs should be handled. Report, biodiesel plants boosting production. Biodiesel plants are expected to increase production by 200 million gallons of biodiesel this year, that despite the lapsed dollar-a-gallon tax credit that has subsidized the industry in the past. The Energy Information Administration projects 2019 production will reach 2 billion gallons, or about 77% of the industry's capacity. Nine out of the 15 top biodiesel-producing states are in the Midwest, with Iowa being the number one producer. The tax credit has been expired since the end of 2017, but the industry is lobbying Congress to get it reinstated. Senate finance leaders press easement probe. Leaders of the Senate Finance Committee have issued a series of subpoenas to people involved with syndicated conservation easements. Chairman Chuck Grassley of Iowa and the committee's ranking Democrat Ron Wyden of Oregon are seeking compliance with a document request that they made when they started the investigation back in March. Some investors have allegedly gamed the easement system to benefit from tax incentives intended to protect environmentally sensitive land. Six individuals targeted by the subpoenas. Experts, environmental laws flexible enough. Congress doesn't need to pass new laws to deal with new environmental problems, according to new research. Instead, existing laws have enough flexibility to address issues raised by a rapidly changing environment. That says a paper published by the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Co-author Robin Craig of the University of Utah's S.J. Quinney College of Law said, Rather than mandate that a particular protected area remain in an increasingly forced historical state of being, agency management rule changes can allow the area to adapt and evolve to changing conditions while still protecting the new productive system that emerges. I think that the most important message is that we don't have to wait for Congress to act to more comprehensively engage in needed adaptation and transformation, he wrote. Now, keep in mind, conservative judges, including those nominated by President Trump, are likely to limit the flexibility that regulatory agencies have in the matter. Here's today's She Said It. Without these payments, we'd risk digging a deeper hole within the farm economy, and we'd turn a blind eye to the day-to-day challenges facing American farmers due to destructive and disjointed trade policies. That Representative Abigail Spanberger, a Virginia Democrat, of the need to renew USDA CCC borrowing authority to ensure that market facilitation program payments continue.
Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, September 17th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.